And welcome, welcome, welcome. Week number one, the Trevor and Bryce show. I am here with my esteemed guest, Mr. Bryce Petty. Uh, Bryce, how are we doing, man? Man, we are fantastic. Trevor, uh, esteemed colleague, best friend. Um, well, you're my best friend. I don't know. Do we just become best friends? Maybe. Karate in the garage? I don't know. Uh, you guys are in for a treat because we're doing this 18 times, coming at you hot. Um, there's going to be movie quotes. There's going to be special guests. Um, and, of course, there's going to be Big 12 football talked about. Um, so I'm excited. Um, Trevor, what are, what are we doing? Who are we? What, what, what do we got going on? Yeah, so obviously Trevor and I, I'm a completely washed up former quarterback from both the University of Oklahoma, Boomer Sooner, and Texas A&M, Giga Maggies. And we have been talking about this forever, haven't we, Bryce? I'm, I'm telling you, I, I know it. It's, it's number 12 in your heart, uh, number one on the field maybe. Or is that switch? So I think it's switch. Number nine on the field, number one in your heart. That's right. That's, that's right. where it goes. That's where it goes. Every that's, exciting. That's, that's what's exciting about this show. We're going to mess up the whole time because we're having beer. That's right. You know, and it's, just, it's fun. It's exciting. Um, they, we, we would encourage our, our followers there. I hope there's going to be followers. I have no idea. Uh, join along in the fun. Um, but that's the, the, the whole point of us wanting to do this is, uh, one, we love ball. Uh, two, um, if you ask my wife, I probably talk too much. I love talking about ball. Um, but, but more importantly, um, we have a title sponsor. Can you, can you give our guests? Yeah. So, uh, so we're really excited. I mean, new show, everything else. We're going to be talking big 12 football, which Bryce, as, as everybody knows, that could be one week, two weeks, uh, you know, <laughs> or, next year, yeah. 2025, who knows, but, uh, we're going to be talking big 12 football. So join us every week to, uh, to, to talk anything and everything going on in the big 12. And of course we'll mix in some national stuff, anything that's going on, but, we do have a sponsor already. Awesome. It's awesome. amazing. Bet Rivers. Um, Bet Rivers is a online sports book that uh, we are super, super excited to have uh, just an opportunity to represent them on our podcast. But let me tell you a little bit about uh, our partners over there, Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now is the time. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering a 250. Did you hear me? $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one play through your bonus and you can turn it into cash money. That's right. Real cash. When you win with Bet River Sportsbook, they pay fast. And now and it's even faster with rush pay, instant approval with, with, with withdrawals. With with withdrawals, you know, and they give you the tools to be successful. That's right. So that's what's exciting. It's about. safe. It's secure. It's reliable. There's never been a better time to give Bet River Sportsbook a try. Go to betrivers.com today, or download download Bet Rivers on iOS app or Android. Must be 21 years or older. You got a gambling problem? You gotta say it. 1 800 Gambler. But. We don't have we that have problem. Go join Bet Rivers. Pretty awesome that we have that sponsor. Bryce. Yes, sir. We're talking Talk Big 12 football. Yep. Of course, we don't have a Big 12 game this week, and right. that is okay. This is right. our first show. We're going to set the stage. So let's just talk very quickly and before we get into our esteemed guest, Mr. Greg McElroy, which very I'm excited. super excited to have on this week. Let's talk a little bit of high-level Big 12 football for our listeners. So uh, let me ask you this. Uh, we'll start off this way. 
lots of great players in the Big 12 this year, right? Uh, we've obviously got Oklahoma, who's won the league the last six years. They're going to try and make it six under or seven, excuse me, under Lincoln Riley. But players all over the league, who's your player to watch in the Big 12 this year? Man, I tell you what, it, to your point, there are a lot of fantastic players out there. There's always, there's always I, I think our guest is, uh, I, I hope, um, along with a lot of other people, they, this is a deep league. Very deeply, we have great coaches. Um, it, you know, and I think guys are going to be fighting for something this year. There's a lot of things going on, you know, media-wise, a shakeup of the conference. Uh, but I tell you what, and, and I, I hate doing this. I'm excited about doing this, but I hate doing this because a lot of it's going to be boomer sooner. I mean, how do you not talk about Lincoln Riley? How do you not talk about Spencer Rattler? Um, that kid is, is – he's a player now. He's a player. Excited to watch year two. Um, I, I loved how Lincoln really – you know, kind of let him go through the ebbs and flows last year. Um, you know, kind of let him get down a little bit, pull them, you know, one of those games, big game. Uh, let him come back and win the dang game for him, you know, in, in the, uh, the Texas shootout. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see Spencer Rattler um, this year and his growth, um, you know, playing into all this hype. What is he going to do? Scott Lincoln Riley, I think he's going to play great. What, what about you? Yeah, you know, I, I'll agree with you that all eyes are on Spencer Rattler. I mean, the guy is um, he's poised to not only – you know, big win Big 12 player of the year, but potentially the Heisman, potentially go number one overall and follow in his, his boys, Baker and, and Kyler's footsteps. But I'm going to go a different route. Mm. Iowa State. I knew, right? it. I knew I mean, what you were doing. Iowa, we're really going to talk a lot about Iowa State. What they are doing up their names is unbelievable. So I am going to go with my player to watch, Brees Hall, mm. the Heisman hopeful running back yep. for the Cyclones. The guy is just an absolute ball player. You talk about a culture changer, a guy that will run in between the tackles, a guy that understands the game of football. I don't know him personally, obviously, but a, a locker room guy, somebody that you want to build your team around. He's going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. I think he's going to score a lot of touchdowns and be very difficult to bring out down. So that's that's my player to watch, Brees Hall. What about your team to watch? Who, uh, who are you watching? I, I, I know we already – talked about Oklahoma right yeah, but yeah. but who is the team maybe aside from Oklahoma maybe even aside from Iowa State that you're watching this year is it your Bears is it somebody else you know what I'll tell you what the, the Bears are exciting you know coach Miranda's got them you know this is the first full season now we had the COVID you know new coach COVID there's a lot of things going on uh we just you know uh I don't know if you if you noticed but uh throughout who QB1 is um which is exciting um, but I, I tell you, what, Oklahoma State is 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 interesting to me. You have all you got a lot of hype around you know Oklahoma, but there's two schools in Oklahoma, and you know Mike Gundy just year in and year out puts a lot of good players on the tape, or I mean on the field rather. And on tape, when you watch them, they play hard, they play together, um, they're mature. I don't know. I think Oklahoma State might give them a run. I don't know. What do you think? It's deceptive because you're right. I mean, Mike Gundy gets it done. Yeah. Year in and year out, he's been there forever. It seems yeah. like mullet and all. That's what I was gonna say. Enough to grow a mullet. That's yeah. when you know you've been in Oklahoma probably too long. That's right. Um, you know, at, at first, I really, I, I think that the obvious answer, other again than Oklahoma, is is Iowa State because they're returning 19 to 22 starters. Um, you know, they won the Fiesta Bowl last year against Oregon. It's gonna be fun to watch, but. I'm really excited to watch Steve Sarkeesian at being awesome. Yeah, yeah, what you know, just been a carousel there. And right. and as much now as I'm not a Texas fan, I am a fan of Texas being good, right? I mean, my allegiances tell me that I can't be a Texas fan, but believe it or not, my room was burnt orange for almost my whole life. My dad's a Texas ex. Yeah. I grew up going to Austin saying I was Colt McCoy's little brother. So <laughs> I, I I used to have orange blood. Right. It is straight crimson now, but right. Right. 
I'm excited to see what Steve Sarkeesian can do in year one. He brings his experience from the NFL, from, from Alabama, who obviously has been atop the college football world in recent history. Um, I think they could shake some things up if they put the right pieces in place down there in Austin. So, so that'll be fun to watch. Definitely a really good play there. And I, and I think too, you know, again, and I think we talked about this maybe off air, but what Saban does with coaches kind of revitalizing that career, I think Sark's got another, another gear in him, you know, and there's a, there is a chip on your shoulder there to prove um, that he belongs in that, in that place in terms of being a head coach. And I think what he did with Alabama last year, moving those guys around, you know, they got unbelievable athletes down there in, in Tuscaloosa, but at the same time, Texas can recruit. Texas has always been, you know, a, a very, um, in terms of prestige, um, nostalgia, there's a, there's a play there in Austin that if a, you know, coach with burn orange comes in, you know, in your office and, in, uh, in high school, how do you, you know, you gotta, you gotta wait a little bit. So it'll be very exciting to, to, to see what he does there. Um, Let's 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 kind of continue on that. So what did we what did we learn last year from the Big 12 moving into this year? This is kind of our preseason show. Again, like you said, we don't have a Big 12 game coming up, but that doesn't mean we can't talk about at least what we learned and then going into the season. So what tell me some of the things that you saw COVID year is kind of kind of strange, a little bit different. But what did we learn last year that, that really, you know, gets us excited about this year? Yeah, you're right. It was a COVID year, so so it was interesting. But um you know, I think the two biggest things, and, and this really could be across the board in, in any conference across the college football landscape, but the two most important things um, in the Big 12 is having a quarterback that can command and make plays, right? Mm. Um, and then the other thing is to have a defense. And that wasn't always the case. Everybody knocks the Big 12 on being a straight offensive league, yeah. but you are seeing now with the Alex Grinch hire at Oklahoma and what they're doing there on the defensive side of the ball, what Iowa State was able to do with some of their big time players that returning all Americans coming back this year. Um, when you can stop the run and you've got guys in the back end that are shutting down some of these, you know, highly touted big 12 receivers, it's a really big game changer. So of course you've got Spencer Rattler coming back for the Sooners, but You've also got other quarterbacks in this league that have experience that are going to be able to do big, big things. Brock Purdy, he's been at Iowa State for 72 and a half seasons. He's coming back with a lot of experience, a chip on his shoulder, success under his belt. You know, you look at some of these teams that go and win conference championships and national championships over and over, the Clemsons, the Alabamas of the world. They've got experience. You step in and you already understand what it's like to win. When you get a little of that confidence under your belt, watch out. Brock Purdy, Spencer Rattler, some of these other guys that have uh, that have played quite a bit before, it'll be fun to watch at the quarterback position. And I think you're going to see a lot better defense this year for some of these ball programs. I love it. I love it. Um, and, 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 you know, too, you got guys stepping up. I think, you know, Max Evans is a, a very interesting person to me down in Fort Worth with TCU. Um, you know, again, Another guy with some ups and downs. Um, I don't know if we just kind of draw to the Q position, maybe because we're two Qs here. Two Qs, old wash two Qs. Uh, but I'm really interested, uh, you know, to see how he how he comes back, how he fights. Um, you know, the, the guys over there in purple always have a, a pretty decent chip on their shoulder. Um, that's probably the last thing you'll hear me say about TCU on this podcast. Uh, but I'm actually pretty excited to see those guys, how they transition, how they mature. Again, I've already mentioned Spencer Rattler. Another guy. You know, what we learned from him last year is that. The kid can play. Now, can he live up to the hype? There's a, there's a whole different world when you play. That's right. Um, you know, this is actually a great point here. Um, Alabama, 
Oklahoma, your red shirt freshman year. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you, you had your coming out party. So, so, you know, give us a little bit about that. Um, because I think that's super interesting. You, you know, that game was again, your coming out party and you had the whole off season to sit there and listen to media, listen to the hype, read the books, read all the, the tweets and all that kind of stuff. What is that like going into, you know, a season full of hype versus, hey, who's this kid and can he play? Yeah, I mean, as you know, Bryce, just from playing, sometimes being the underdog is a better position to be in. Because uh, you can just go to work. You don't have to worry about the target on your back. And, and you get to go out there and compete to knock Goliath off the pedestal, right? And the inverse of that is winning big games having somebody pencil you in for the Heisman or pencil you in for, um, you know, a, a national championship or even a conference championship. It's a lot harder to, to stay at that level. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, man, I was just excited. I was excited to go into the next year. And then we ended up losing three conference games by a total of seven points combined, which completely derailed our stadium. Then the mighty bears with this, some guy named Bryce Petty mm-hmm. came to Norman mm-hmm. And just absolutely got after us, yeah. um, which is a little bit different story. But Drink you know that. that was tough. I mean, that was really tough to uh, come up a game like that, and then and then go into a year going eight and five. And so you hope for the Oklahomas, the the Iowa States of this year, that they're going to rise to the occasion that they've been working all off season to get it going, so they can uh, not only live up to those expectations, but make memories for the long haul. Right? Yeah, yeah I love it. I love it. Um, well, let's do this. So superlatives are always interesting. Um, kind of going on that superlative spiel here. Who, who do you think is going to win, you know, Big Soap Play of the Year? Um, and then who do you think ultimately comes out uh, with the championship at the end? So I think, it, uh, again, and we're, you know, right now until the season starts, he, 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 again, living up to expectations if he does that. He's a shoe-in for Offensive Player of the Year in the Big 12. The fun part is you got an Iowa State guy in Mike Rhodes, the returning linebacker, returning Mm -hmm. All-American that is – I'm burping up my my beer. This is confusing (laughs) a beer. That's great. Nice. Good thing we don't have smell. It's just, you know. (laughs) Um, But you've got him returning at that linebacker position. He can do it all. He can drop in coverage. He can he can rush rush the passer. He can catch the ball. He's a, he's a phenomenal athlete, but he's got a chip on his shoulder, and he just works and he just works and he just works. And, and and again, big locker room guy. So I know he's also the favorite, but I think it's it's rightfully so. Defensive Player of the Year. Who, who do you think is uh, is going to be your guy um, mm-hmm. for Player of the Year? You know what? I tell you what. I I, I hate going with you. Uh, just sounded like a broken record, but I think, you know, as everybody would say, it's, it's, it's his to lose, right? It's Spencer Rattler's to lose. Yep. Um, I want him to do well. I want him to excel. Um, whether or not, you know, he, this is his last year at OU, who knows? Uh, but I think if he does play up to his potential, I think he's got a really good shot. Um, what's interesting um, is, is, again, that team. I mean, it's how fast they can gain momentum um, and can they keep momentum. I think guys are going to come out and they're going to circle – Oh, you are going to circle when they come, you know, to play when they go to Norman, um, everybody's going to want to kind of headhunt OU a little bit. And so they're going to have to bring their A game every time. And Lincoln Riley, as you know, and can attest to can, can get guys ready for games, but I think it's either going to go through Norman or Ames. I really do. I agree. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty excited to see those games um, and how they unfold. So OU, I do have OU 
um, with a close second uh, with with Ames. It's just too hard to beat OU twice. I agree. I agree. Well, hey, let's let's go ahead and bring Greg on. Um, super excited to have Greg. Greg McElroy, mostly an SEC guy, but the dude absolutely knows his stuff. We're excited to have somebody of expertise on for this first show, um, share his thoughts on a lot of things personal, um, it's probably some stuff about the Big 12, um, and then just the college football landscape in general. So let's bring on Greg McElroy. Here we go, Greg. Beautiful. All right, guys. Now, this is uh, part of this segment that, uh, or the show, rather, that Trevor and I are, uh, are stoked about. We get to bring in a special guest every week. Um, why not start it off, Trevor, with the best guy out there? Um, Texas kid, um, Alabama kid, which is very interesting, um, played uh, in the NFL for a few years. Now he does kind of what we're doing, which we're excited about. None other than Greg McElroy. Greg, what's up, man? What's up, fellas? Thanks for having me. Man, Congrats on the new show. Excited to listen. Take a yeah. peek. This is uh, this is fun. I'm actually I'm more of the brains in the podcast. If you can't tell, Trevor, you know my co-host is the looks. Um, and so, uh, anyways, you you round us out a little bit of both. Um, Mr. Wasn't Scholar. Trevor on The Bachelor, or his brother was on The Bachelor, or something like? Or was that? Oh, that was Aaron Murray. Yeah, yeah. something something like that. I mean, everybody says I should have gone on The Bachelor. Now I am happily married. And, uh, and you know, my Greg, wife, he just say that he just said that, Greg, my oh, wife my is, uh, is one of those people that got asked to be on the bachelorette and, uh, and declined it. So we, we have some mutual interest there, but, uh, yeah, never, never went on the bachelor. would yeah, never do bachelor written all over you. Like, I'm that, an old school I, guy. I mean, you, like that's, that's a no brainer. I'm shocked you weren't on there. Greg, the hair's right. right. The body's right. Like, I get it. Like I'm shocked though. Frankly, I really am. I'm a handwritten letter guy. I'm old school, absolutely old school. But like Bryce said, you know, we want to be you, Greg. This is this is where this is starting. We want to be sitting in your shoes one day, getting to talk ball. Um, you know, not just talk ball, but talk ball for a living. Um, but uh, we're excited to have you on, man. And uh, and this is going to be a lot of fun, not only today with you, but this year. Bryce and I are super pumped to uh, to get this thing going and, and talk some ball throughout the season. So I have to ask you, Greg, um, in light, and I know you've beaten this over the head. Everybody's beaten this over the head, right? But the NIL comes out. Kids yeah. are starting to get paid. Um, it's an absolute crazy world. In my opinion, I am so incredibly against it. So I want to ask you, I, I you know, we can go online and hear your stance on the NIL, but I want to ask you, a guy coming out of Southlake Carroll High School, going to the University of Alabama. Nick Saban gets hired, what, your second year? My second year, yeah. Second year. And then you go on to a perfect season national championship. Realistically, what do you think you would have made back <laughs> in the day, in today's dollars? Because I know, you know, all of us here, we We're have dust on us now. But, you know, in today's dollars, what are you making? Oh, it's, it's a tough call, honestly, because I think so much about – and I don't know about y'all, and I'm, yeah, I'd be curious to get y'all's take on it because I think everyone's got a little different experience. Obviously, when we won the national championship, yeah, we could have made well, probably well in excess of six figures, I would assume. Um, some of the numbers you hear, like seven figures, I, I'm, not, I'm not buying that. <laughs> like, I think the guys that might be getting seven figures – I would imagine, and both of you guys played in the league and, and played professionally, 
I would imagine that some of those negotiations are long-term negotiations. So for instance, if you're earning seven figures as say a high school senior that now has foregone their senior year at my alma mater, <laughs> and, yeah, Quinn Ewers, he's making seven figures. Yeah, but really not, not really because he's got a piece of a kombucha drink that he was able to get equity in. So that's really a long-term investment. So it's, it's not really that that's that case. I think some of the headlines have been remarkably misleading. Uh, the average that people are making is probably four hundred dollars, and for the for the lucky few, and that was according to a specific source. Four hundred seventy-one dollars is the average across college football. Wow. So it's is it life changing money? No, but that's a hell, whole heck of a lot of money. I don't know about y'all. I lived like a king for a thousand bucks a month. A king, yeah. rent, bar, food, you name it. A king. For a thousand bucks a month, so four seventy one a month is pretty dang good, but it's not the generational wealth like some people have kind of suggested. I agree. I agree. So we'll take it back to you. Um, you grew up in South Lake. There's a place called Joe's Pizza, and I've seen your jersey on the wall at Joe's. Yeah. Would you? And and then you went through the process going into the NFL. You know, you get a marketing agent or your agency. They go and bat on your behalf to create your marketability, but also keep your marketability at a certain level, right? And you're not just throwing out tweets or DMs. Would you, taking yourself back, would you have slid in the DMs of Joe's Pizza and asked for a little endorsement deal from the hometown? Uh, No, probably not. I mean, Joe's is like, those are like my guys. So like I would go in there and grab a Stromboli. I got the same thing every time. (laughs) <laughs> and it progressively, it started with one Stromboli, and then it got to like one and a quarter, then it got to one and a half, then it got to 1.75. And then finally, I was able to eat two Strombolis in a single sitting. I think that's when I got the jersey on the wall. Uh, so, I mean, the Strom- y'all know the Strombolis are like this big, dude. Like, we're talking like Chipotle burritos times three. I mean, these <laughs> oh, yeah. it had to have been 4,000 calories in a single sitting. It had to have been. Uh, and taking that down, that was, that was big at Joe's. But no, I mean, honestly, I, like, I was never one that – cared that much like did i like the idea of becoming marketable as a result of where i played yeah and success that we might have had would lead to an increased platform like yeah that mattered to me but like all i honestly i didn't i would not have cared about money if you would have told me all right greg you can get free nikes awesome i would have i would have done that in a heartbeat you can get free smoothie king i would have done that in a heartbeat like the things that i used i would have been all for if I could have gotten them for free. If you give me money, I, it was funny because it was almost like I, I just never needed money in college. Like, I, I guess I just, it wasn't, it wasn't front of mind. All I really wanted to do was work out, train, try to be healthy and be the best position I could be to be successful each and every Saturday. Like, that's really all we cared about. So I, it's easy to say that now from our high horse because we didn't have access to NIL, but I honestly don't think if I could go back, I would have cared as much about the dollars that we could have possibly accumulated. I would have cared so much more about specific items that I could have gotten in return for endorsing a specific product. Uh, I would have just tried to align with places I liked, <laughs> places oh, yeah. I frequented and, and places that I wanted to go. I agree with you. And I think that on the back end of all this, at least on the careers of some of these guys that are chasing that dollar figure, whatever it is, they're going to look back and probably regret it a little bit um, knowing that, Hey, if you're good enough, the money's going to come anyway. If you're not, the money's not going to come. 
Go right. and try and win a national championship, right? Go and try to be the best player that you can be. Uh, I, I, I'm just, I'm incredibly against the NIL. I'm incredibly against what Quinn did. And it's not a, it's not a bash on Quinn. It's just what, it, what's going to happen to the other players that are going to try and follow in his footsteps. I, I think it's going to be bad. I mean, you specifically, you sat behind Chase Daniel in, in high school. And then when you got your moment, you made the most of it, right? Uh, I mean, he's done incredibly well for himself in terms oh, yeah. of, right? But, uh, and then, and then even when you're at Alabama, you sat for a couple years and then again made the most of your opportunity. So let me ask you this. When but you're at Alabama. Back to what you're saying, like, I think what you said a second ago, though, Trev, like, that, that makes the most sense to me. It's like, okay, it's great to get the money now. It's a cash grab for sure. And I think everyone acknowledges that. And by the way, I think the numbers, are so inflated right now. And these companies are going to realize, dude, people are not necessarily buying products that are being pushed by 18 to 22 year old kids. They're just not. I I mean, for instance, like I have a two and a half year old son, like I'm not going to go buy something because Tua Tungabailoa in college told me that, you know, that's what he wants to go get. Now, maybe that moves the needle for some, but I, for instance, the gym membership in Miami, the guy's paying $540,000 to the Miami roster in order to sell gym memberships. Like he's not going to see a return on that investment. So I think some of these deals are going to go by the wayside pretty quick. What lives forever is your legacy as a player. Mm -hmm. You guys both had incredible performances. Like I would imagine Trevor, and it gets brought up where I live all the time. You hear more about the performance against Alabama and the sugar bowl than like, You'll live and make a mo- make money and profit off that game, that performance forever, like forever. Yeah. Like Bryce, there will be examples of your success at Baylor that you will be able to profit off of forever. Like yeah. you, like yeah. that's an annuity over the course of the next sixty years, not the initial cash grab that you get. Yeah, it's nice, but what really lives on and what really is a creation of value is playing at a really high level because that's what people will remember. Yep, no doubt. Do you, do you feel like this changes the scope of recruiting a little bit? I mean, how, how far do you think this kind of trickles down to where people, you know, to your point, because I think it's a great point, is as, it, as, as anybody with money, I kind of take the, you know, Mr. Wonderful of the Shark Tank, it, I want to see those little dollars crawl back to me. So the idea of, uh, you know, paying an entire roster, you're never going to see that half million back. And that right. half million goes a long way when you're running a, a gym membership, right? Especially in COVID and all that other stuff. So right. do, you, do you think that this, this is just kind of a, a real quick wild west? This is a, a water balloon to the face and then, it, you know, it just kind of goes by? Or do you think that this actually starts to affect, you know, if I got a, a, a scholarship from, you know, Waco and then Dallas, you know, with SMU, am I taking Dallas just because of the, the you know, the possibilities of it? Yeah. Yeah, bigger market. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I mean the places that recruit are always going to recruit because while it's changed some, guys acknowledge now how can I get to the league? Can I contend for a championship at the place I'm gonna contend at? And that's really what guys care about. So and just for the record, like the schools that are doing the best job of placing players in the league are going to have the largest platform from which they can use NIL. Like Bryce Young at Alabama is the quarterback. They've won several championships. They're the best recruiting program for the most part over the last decade. Bryce Young has endorsement deals with Cash App, with Panini, that both are a quarter million dollars each and and has 
probably two or three other things that are going to be fairly lucrative as well. He'll make over seven figures this year. So yeah, NIL will change because they'll have that blueprint from which to draw from. So when Nick Saban goes into a recruit's house, he can quite literally lay out, hey, NIL, here's what our starting quarterback did last year. And by the way, he had all these deals before he ever took a starting snap. That's big. That's, that's big. big. And, but th- that's what great programs have to their advantage because they win and they play in games that are watched and consumed. Over the last five years, 35 times Alabama's had more than 4 million viewers watch their product. And that includes several times in the playoffs as well. That's the most in college football. Ohio State's second with 31 times they've played a game in which 4 million people watched. Oklahoma, Texas A&M, elite programs, they're averaging somewhere between 10 and 17. So it's, it's kind of remarkable the trickle down, but the reason why those programs have the biggest platform is because they win the most games and they have the biggest impact on the playoffs. So I think, I think NIL is going to be there. The national brands are going to be there for the national brands because they win. Yeah, there's no doubt. So so it will impact recruiting, obviously. Um, So when you were getting recruited, you were recruited by one head coach. Well, actually, you committed to Tech for a little while, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was a Red Raider. Yep. So you switch and and you go in under one head coach and then Nick Saban gets hired after your first redshirt year, correct? Yeah, right. Yeah. So transitioning from NIL to this portal you know the transfer portal which I get asked that question a lot because I was a transfer Um, I had some success at both schools but I still have uh, kind of my thoughts about the transfer portal not a fan of it would you be a guy now today that would be looking at potentially entering that transfer portal I mean obviously you know you did great things in high school maybe it's going to work out for you maybe it's not but how has that changed um, you know, the, the, the landscape of college football, this transfer portal deal, and are you a believer in it, in it or, or are you not? Now, first of all, I think the portal is a disaster. So there's got to be a way to clean it up. Uh, now, the biggest reason why it's a disaster is because there are coaches that are basically skirting the rules, and there's not strict enough enforcement on guys that, metal in the transfer portal for instance trevor say for instance i'm your high school coach in san antonio you know i happen to be an aggie fan you're very happy you're having a great career going on in oklahoma uh well if i'm a guy at texas a&m what's to stop me from calling your head coach in san antonio saying hey uh we would love to have trevor if you know he was open to transferring well, you obviously have a relationship with your high school coach. Word gets back to you. Next thing you know, you're in the portal and you're essentially already signed, sealed, and delivered going to AM before that, before you even decide to leave Oklahoma. And right now that's happening all over the place. And that's a problem. Uh, the other problem is a lot of guys are getting really bad information. They're entering the portal and they're basically foregoing any opportunity for future scholarship at that per, at that previous school. And now they're in the portal with nowhere to go. They ultimately end up going to JUCO or they end up not playing at all because they don't have a destination. They can't afford to pay for school. That's the other problem. So I think that we need at least a few things. One, we need to have a buffer for players to enter the portal with really bad information with nowhere to go. 
meaning they can return to their previous school if they enter the portal mistakenly. Uh, that's never going to happen because once guys go in the portal, a lot of coaches are going to say, to hell with them, we're a better without them, we're moving on. Because if the guy can't find a home, then what does that tell you about what kind of player he is? So that'll never happen, but I don't like the idea of kids taking on more student debt or not being able to fulfill their academic potential. Uh, the other thing that I think we need to have, like, legit, legit enforcement for coaches that meddle and or pander to high school coaches and recruit through the back channels to get guys to enter the portal. That needs to be an extremely harsh penalty to the point where we make an example of guys that are doing it. And if we don't do that, then guys are going to continue to do that. If I get a slap on the wrist, who cares? I'll get put in timeout. I won't have to recruit five days next year. And next thing you know, it won't impact me long-term. The other thing that we need to do with the portal is we need to, I think, create some sense of free agency. Meaning if you are, let's use Alabama. I hate to keep going back to the Alabama example, but they used the portal to their advantage this year masterfully they go out they get a wide receiver they need a wide receiver from ohio state the guy's a starter at ohio state but he got now goes to alabama might get a few more catches might not but the rich get richer there they get the leading tackler for tennessee that was a starter at tennessee decides to enter the portal to go be in the rotation at alabama they now can go five deep at why at linebacker when before they could only go 40 so they only got deeper they don't even need him as a as an everyday starter so right now, great programs are able to cherry pick to reinforce their depth at positions of need, which penalizes the teams and create less, creates less parity across college football. And it's only going to get worse because guys want to chase a championship and they, in some cases, want to go to a greener pasture. Uh, so we need to figure out a way to penalize those schools that are cherry picking. And whether that's take away a scholarship or whether that's take away time on the road and recruiting of a high school player, what have you, uh, because it's going to trickle down significantly. And I think the gap will get even wider than it already is. Yeah, I, I agree. It's a little bit of a nightmare. So the portal wasn't around when you were at Alabama, you stick it out, obviously ended up having a great career, but I want to hear a story, any story that comes to mind, new coaches coming in, it's Nick Saban. He obviously had success prior to coming to Alabama but it's still a new coach. You're unproven uh, to this point in your career, right? I mean, you hadn't, you maybe played a little bit, maybe not. I don't, I don't remember, but what is your first kind of example or story of Nick Saban getting hired? He comes on campus, right? Cause I, I remember when Lincoln Riley got hired, right. at OU, you know, I'm bouncing in my shoes, I'm waiting and I've got great stories about how he, calmed everybody down he talked about mentality over playbook and all these types of things that allowed us to really buy in and believe in him so obviously Saban's gone on he's done amazing things and the rest is history but when he stepped foot on campus what was it like well I mean it was I mean he was a rock star obviously um from day one and he's not a big guy in stature but he like he feels huge when he walks into the room like when it walks into the room the whole place goes silent. You can hear a pin drop. And it's, it's pretty remarkable, the attention that he commanded. Now, he's gotten soft in his, in his older age. Like, back in our day, we used to get ripped every day. Like, every day, ripped. 
to shreds. I don't think I had a name until like my third year. I was 17 my first year. And then my next couple of years, I was 12. Uh, and I don't think he referred to me as Greg or McElroy until about year two, uh, when I had earned his respect at that point, <laughs> having gone through a couple offseason programs. Uh, still to this day, the first offseason, we do what they call the fourth quarter program. I'm sure y'all have some variants of this. Like everyone okay. has the same thing. Do y'all call it fourth quarter too? <laughs> like everyone call calls it. Coaches stations. And <laughs> it was horrible. That was all horrible. it was. It was like plyos. It was awful. Oh, it was Matt drills, the whole nine oh, yards. Awful. Bryce, was it? Y'all call it fourth quarter? Uh, that's it. Yeah, it's exactly what we called it. Of course. And I think three quarters of the country calls it fourth quarter. <laughs> but I'll never forget this. Kevin Steele, who is. Formerly uh, the defensive coordinator at Auburn was with us at Alabama there for the first couple of years. He told me, Greg, I'm not going to lie. I thought, I thought the whole team was going to die on the field. Like, I thought <laughs> y'all were all going to die because we pushed y'all so hard that first fourth quarter program. It was unbelievable. So the first day, the first day, we had literally seven guys walk out of the indoor facility. Scholarship guys walk out, say, I'm done. I'm not doing this. This is not what I signed up for. We ran, we ran 36 110s the first day. 36. Oh, that brings back horrible memories. <laughs> we had to run, and no one made your time. So, like, if you made a time, if you touched your knee, like, another one. It was supposed to be 16. But it just kept at more and more and more. We had 36 110s. By the last couple 110s, we literally probably were running in 27 seconds. <laughs> 30 <laughs> seconds just at the big like end. dying, trying to get from one end of the field to the other. And I remember we did that for six weeks. Mm. Six weeks. The longest they've gone since that fourth quarter program, three weeks. <laughs> it was twice <laughs> as long as the longest. And it's amazing to me that when you look back at that season, we were so beaten into the ground. We lost our last four games of that season, including a loss to Louisiana Monroe in 2007. So, yeah, we were a little beat up at that point. But you knew if you could survive the first fourth quarter program, which not many of us did, if you could survive the first the fourth quarter program, then uh, you knew you are going to have a bunch of guys that would at least fight you know, we might not have been any good, but we were going to fight. Uh, that's amazing. That's, that's sure. that, that old school mentality, right? I mean, that is Dude, it was, some of my, I can't some believe, my like, still thinking back to like what you had to put your body through. Like the, and it was purely a weeding out process. Like it was a hundred percent. Like if you aren't going to be able to do this, you're probably not good enough to, because we're just going to recruit guys that are better than you. So like, you're probably not going to last here anyways. Like we'll just run you off now. So it was it was unbelievable. We had to go through that first year uh, as far as fourth quarter programming conditioning is concerned. And Kevin Steele said the best, Greg, I thought y'all were all going to die. But <laughs> <laughs> so, if you make it through that, you get to go win national championships uh, right sunset. And, and it's easy now. They got it easy. Like it's all it always gets easier as we get older. Right. Like, oh, the guys have it so easy nowadays. You know, they only practice nine days in pads in fall camp. Nine. Yeah. No, no such thing as two days anymore. <laughs> no, no two days. They got it yeah. easy. They got it. Well, Greg, we don't want to take up your whole night, but this is a Big 12 focused podcast. And while we still have the Big 12, whether it's a week or two or two years, we don't know, right? 
Um, I want to ask you at least one question before we, before we let you go on kind of the predictions. I mean, obviously, everything you read, everything you listen to right now uh, has got Oklahoma at the top and then a very close second, Iowa State, which is, in, in my opinion, remarkable. Um, you know, what Matt Campbell and them have been able to do up there in Ames. And they've got some players. I mean, for the first right. time really in my life, you've got players that are in the, in the national footprint that are, uh, you know, on preseason Heisman watch list and those types of things. I mean, they're really doing some neat things up there. So um, is it going to be Oklahoma for the seventh straight year? Or do you think the Cyclones um, have a shot at uh, maybe beating Oklahoma once in the regular season, maybe beating them for the Big 12 title? What are your thoughts? Well, that's the toughest thing is, I mean, you got to be in twice, right? I mean, at least that's what it looks like it's going to require. Um, assuming you beat them the first time they run the table, I mean, that's they lost two games last year, still found their way in. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, uh, I'm not sure many people would have predicted that. I, I know I certainly didn't think – with how they started the season at one and two, they would find themselves in the championship playing as well as they were down the stretch. So uh, that was pretty surprising. But I, what I would say about Oklahoma and the Big 12 in general, I think it's the deepest league in college football. Now people say, well, hang on a second, what? Deepest league in college football? How can you say that? Same teams won the league for six consecutive seasons. Okay, well, tell me this. We know that Oklahoma's number one, okay? Number two, and I think there's a gap between Oklahoma and and Iowa State, for as good as Iowa State's become, I don't think that gap has shrunk as much as some people like to think. Last year, I think, obviously, they've played them very well. It's been a difficult matchup for Oklahoma because of the length that Iowa State has had, the physicality that Iowa State plays with. It's been a difficult matchup, but I don't think that the gap is as close because of the improvements that Oklahoma's made via the transfer portal. So I think there's a decent-sized gap there. I do think Iowa State's number two. When you look at the gap that exists between Iowa State and everybody else, it's about the same size as the gap between them and Oklahoma. I think it's fairly significant, but not overwhelming. Three through nine is legitimately interchanging. Like Texas Tech or Kansas State or Baylor or like all the programs that have been at least with the exception of two years ago, when Baylor finished 11-1 and in the regular season, almost won the Big 12, with they, it's kind of been those three programs at or near five through nine. Kansas is in the cellar. They're sitting at number 10. That's not changing. But Oklahoma State, TCU, Texas Tech, Texas, Baylor, uh, Kansas State, I mean, those six programs – could all finish third or they all, could all finish ninth. That's pretty remarkable when you really think about it. That means that every single team in your league could potentially beat you because I've seen Baylor, which finished ninth in the league last year, give Oklahoma all they want. I've seen Kansas State, which finished seventh or eighth in the league last year, almost beat Oklahoma. I've seen West Virginia. That game got canceled against Oklahoma last year. But I think in Morgantown, that would have been a heck of a game. So I think when you look at three through nine, they're all, if they play their A game, able to beat the top team. And that's pretty remarkable. There's not a lot of leagues like that. Um, It's a testament to the depth. It's a testament to the coaching uh, and the improvements that have kind of existed throughout. So if I were having a pecking order right now, gun to head, Oklahoma one, Iowa State two, three, I would have Oklahoma State. I think they're going to be pretty dang good. Four, I'd have TCU. A lot of people aren't really high on the frogs. I think Max Duggan's going to have a big year 
Five, I'd have Texas. Six, I'd have Kansas State. Or six, I'd have West Virginia. Seven, I'd have Kansas State. Eight, I've had I'd have Texas Tech. And I'm trying to oh and oh eight, I've had Baylor. Nine, I'd have Texas Tech. But a lot of people think Texas Tech's gonna be pretty good this year. I just gotta see it to believe it. So uh, it's anybody's guess. Three through nine. It's so you you put Texas a little further down on that list than I would have expected. So what's the timetable for Sark? Does he got one year, two year? When when does he turn it around? How long do you think it's really going to take? Ooh, it's a tough. Call. Or is it an uphill battle all the way down? I don't think it's going to be an uphill battle because that's a place that can certainly recruit itself. Um, I think Austin's changed though. Like a lot of people, there have been so much scuttlebutt about. Well, A and M fans have come out of the woodwork saying, well. This is terrible for us. This is awful for us. Like we've had the SEC and now Texas is coming into the SEC. Like this is going to kill us. Not really because College Station and Texas and Austin, Texas are two completely different college experiences. Like some people are going to prefer College Station. Some people are going to prefer Austin. So I don't necessarily think it's going to matter that much. But I think that I think Sark will get it going. I mean, I'm, I'm a believer in Sark. I've been around him, known him for a long time, dating back to his time at both USC and Washington. Um, and now after having really been around them quite a bit while he was at Alabama, I just think he has the right temperament. I, I think he knows how to massage the egos that need to be massaged at Texas while also being able to recruit. And he put together a remarkably good staff that knows how to recruit the footprint, knows how to get into the Texas high school coaching circle, which is obviously massive. Uh, so he's done a really good job, I think, of assembling a staff and and I think he'll change the culture there. And obviously the move to the SEC will be significant for them. Um, it will help, I think, a lot as far as what they can sell on what's coming. They can sell a lot of hope uh, and they can sell a lot of excitement. And, and I think they can sell an upward trajectory. But I, it's anybody's guess, I think, as to how soon. My guess is three years, but uh, it kind of depends a little bit in that league whether or not you have a quarterback. If you don't have a quarterback in, in the Big 12, you're in trouble. So if he's got one, and I'm not sure who it's going to be, whether it's I don't know, it's going to be Case Thompson or Hudson Carr or whatever, uh, I don't know if necessarily care, frankly. you got to have a quarterback. Until no he doubt. finds one, I'm going to have my questions. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, Greg, man, thanks for hopping on. We look forward so much to listening to you this year on TV and on the radio. And uh, thanks for taking the time to, to join us. Um, again, we're looking forward to – pumping these out every week, but man, all the best to you. Look forward to talking to you again soon and uh, best of luck this year out there on the road. I appreciate it, fellas. Thanks for having me. We'll do it again. Uh, we'll get back in you know, five or six weeks and tell me how wrong my rankings were in the big 12. It'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, Greg, thanks so much, man. And, thanks, uh, That'll be good. Man, Bryce, Greg what a McElroy. What a guest. What a guest. Incredible. Not only his, um, his knowledge of the game of football, but just his stories, the things he talks about, his experience. That was a lot of fun. I'll tell you what, and throwing out stats, man. I love, I love stats guys. You got to have a good stats guy. He's a stats guy. Uh, I mean, scholar athlete. Uh, I don't know if you read Rhodes Scholar. Didn't get it, but it's still at the same time. I mean, I can't even spell Rhodes. I think I looked it up. <laughs> I spelled it wrong. So uh, the idea is that guy's really smart. They got the, the, what he's brought to the game from the, you know, the analyst side of things growing up South Lake kid right down the street yep. from us. Um, what a, what a great guy. So super excited about that, but it's time for our special segment. Yes, right. This is, this is the Trevor and Bryce show. So we do have what's called a special segment. Uh, what are we calling it, Trevor? Two Q's and a beer, oh, baby. Oh, Ooh, uh, 
I mean, it's so good. This is this is show number one, and we were in sync. I'm, yep. I'm excited about what you know things to come. So uh, for our special guests, um, not only special guests, special guests being you listening, uh, we have what's called uh, two cues and a beer. Where real quick, Trevor and I are just going to uh, kind of spitball. Um, we have a pick one, play one, watch one. Um, and it's just going to be off the cuff, probably nothing to do with football. Maybe it does. I don't know. We'll have fun with it. Um, but really excited about it. Okay. So, uh, I'll go first if that's okay. Um, so on your pick one, I want you to, uh, who are you going to have a beer with? Pick, pick one person that you'd have a beer with. Yeah. Uh, this is tough. I mean, I, first of all, I'd love to have a beer with you every single week, <laughs> oh, thank you, which Tyler. I plan mm-hmm. on you, doing, sir. but mm-hmm. having a beer with, with, with anybody, right? I mean, yeah, it doesn't have to just be sports. Nope. Um, good gosh. This is going to take you back. I used to go to my grandma's house okay. and I would turn on with grandma? Walker, Texas Ranger. Oh, very nice. All right. And, and I just thought that Chuck Norris was like the coolest guy in the world. And then he became like this icon, right? So maybe a little off, uh, you know, off brand, but I think I'd ha- sit around the table and have a couple beers with Chuck Norris. What about you, Brian? Dude, I bet he'd shotgun like a champ. Dude. Oh, he'd, dr- um, he'd outdrink me by like 40 beers in the first five minutes. Uh, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, not that we advocate shotgunning beers. It's just, it does happen. <laughs> um, so uh, look, I think what's crazy, I'm, I'm, I think I got to stay in the sports realm a little bit. Uh, I would love to have a beer uh, with Michael Phelps. We're cutting off the Olympics, which is kind of fun. Um, most decorated swimmer in, in American history. Um, I think possibly Olympic history. Not really sure. I didn't know my facts. It's funny to have a beer with him. But I think it'd just be awesome to just sit to, you know, shoot the crap, shoot the shit, whatever. <laughs> and have a beer with Michael Phelps. Yeah. I think that'd be really cool to sit there and say, hey, look, I'm, I'd probably put that on my LinkedIn profile. I'll tell you what, with Michael Phelps. he did a great job covering the Olympics this year. That oh, was it was great. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. All right. So I, I love your pick. Okay, I think those are two you. good picks. How about play one? You're playing one round of golf with anybody. Oh, it's obviously, I, for me, that's it. I don't want to play golf with Chuck Norris. Yeah, right? yeah. You're playing one round of golf. Yeah. Who are you playing golf with? How do you not play with Tiger Woods? Okay. That's, that's, you know, I, I can, yeah, it's easy. Fair enough. How do you pick against that? Tiger Woods. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Uh, yourself. Um, honestly, right now, and I, and I know him well. Um, I think he's a great guy, but because he's pursuing golf and I'm – I've heard so many great things. I've never played around with Johnny football. I, I thought I, I knew it was coming. And I love Johnny football. Yeah. Shout out Johnny. Yeah. Uh, subscribe, man. We need you. We need your publicity. <laughs> uh, miss <laughs> you, man. Right. Um, but yeah, I know he joined or, or he uh, entered himself in a couple of tournaments. Hope the best for him. Um, I think it's awesome. I want to go play a little around with Johnny. Talk about, uh, talk about the good old days. Yeah. Oh, he's way better than me. I'm a, I'm a, shankaholic but uh we don't say that word on here yeah that's okay. right that's right that's uh, right cool. so let's go let's go watch one um movie watch watch one movie right now it's gonna be uh first one that comes to mind yeah glory road baby glory road yeah okay. so i don't know if you guys go check it out um the miners of utep obviously it wasn't utep back then but um it is now utep they got a sweet new basketball floor and um they, they, it's, you know, the mountains on it and everything else, but it says glory road on the side. And, uh, as a tribute to the national champions out of the great city of El Paso. So, uh, yeah, glory road. Great movie. Good nice, gosh. Gets nice. me fired up. Love it. Uh, I'm going to have to go. I, I don't know if this is considered a movie or not. So I, I apologize, uh, bending the rules a little bit, but, uh, I'm on a Ted Lasso run right now. Love it. Colleague. Love it. Fantastic. Um, so I would, I would say Ted Lasso. 
Cool. Uh, right now. Okay. Perfect. Uh, so that is our two cues in beer. Thank you guys for listening two to that. And, um, and we don't advocate drinking beer unless you're listening to our show, but we do advocate sports betting. Yes. So Bryce, let's talk real quickly before we end the show today. Um, Cause I know you guys are probably getting to work and you're sitting in your car and your, your coffee is almost gone. And so uh, yeah, let's get to it. Um, Greg and us both, think as much pretty much the rest of the world thinks that Oklahoma is going to win the big 12. So right now, bet rivers has them at a minus one eighty two odds to win the big 12. Would you put any money on that? I mean, is it Uh, even worth it? That's not the value play for me. Um, You know, I tell you what this, you know, what's crazy about this. So they have, they have Oklahoma at one eighty two minus one eighty two. I think Iowa state plus 300 is kind of interesting. I think you're bang for your buck. I don't know. Between Texas, I, Oklahoma State is interesting to me. They're plus sixteen hundred. Um, look, tough road to get there, but I think in terms of bang for your buck, I would go Oklahoma State. I don't know why, but plus sixteen hundred is not not a bad bet right there. I don't think there's a snowball's chance, and you know where that Oklahoma State's winning, winning the Big Twelve championship. But <laughs> I just say, I say um, better value. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a couple bucks down on Texas plus one thousand. Yeah, I think that's uh, move. again. Don't think there's a snowball's chance. Yeah, but. If I'm going to throw some money down, that's absolutely what I'm going to do. Uh, Bryce, why don't, before we get off here, why don't you tell um, everybody a little bit about the, the platform that we're on and, yeah. and, and the people that make this all happen? Yeah, I tell you what, guys. Uh, you know, Trevor and I get a very unique ability to just talk ball, but we get to do that uh, because of Field of 12 Media, a brand new podcast and digital media network covering college football by the people that know it best. I wouldn't consider that we know it best. I said that we can talk about it, but it's okay. Um, this is brought to you by Shoot Your Shot Productions, the folks behind the field of 68. The field of 12 gives you insight into the game we all love by the people that have lived it. Uh, Cody Simpson, Harry Douglas are covering the ACC. Joshua Perry, my guy Hack, Hack. covering the Big Ten. Um, and, of course, we will continue to be your go-to source on everything Big 12 football. So check the links below to the rest of our shows, the field of 12, where college football happens. Buddy, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. That's week one, man. It's such a quick 45 minutes. I mean, it is. I, we we got to we'll, – we'll do a better job of tailoring that down because uh, there's so much information, uh, especially on preseason show. But yep. excited about next week, week one of the Big 12. Um, buddy, that's a wrap. Anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, no, other than that, man, uh, you guys just follow us along. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of great guests on here. We're going to be talking all things Big 12 throughout the season. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, uh, all things social media. will be out there. Spread it around. Tell your friends about us. Um, shoot, hit us up on Twitter. If you got questions, things you want us to talk about, um, we're going to be checking all that stuff throughout the season. There's going to be a live show every Saturday night recapping the games that Bryce and I will both have a little cameo on at times. Mm. Uh, so you guys join in for the show. But Bryce, man, can't wait to do this all season. I am blessed. We've been talking about this forever. Yeah, that's right. And here that's right. we are. Right. So the Trevor and Bryce show brought to you by Trevor Knight and Bryce Petty. See you guys. Thank you guys.